Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello there. Welcome to a history and retrograde mini-sode. Uh, these are the uh, little uh, bonus episodes that we are doing in between our first and second season. Uh, you've already heard uh, two episodes, and uh, now this is our third uh, little mini-sode. Uh, so I'd like to uh, give a, a, a warm welcome to uh, my uh, my mom, our resident astrologer, uh, who is joining us uh, live via satellite. Hi Chandler. Hello. Uh and uh it is uh, a bit a bit stormy um uh where we both are. So you may hear uh, some rumblings uh in the distance. I promise that uh it is not um me being hungry. It is actually uh thunderstorms <laughs> out in the distance. Yes, we definitely have some rolling thunder here where I am, but you know, Texas always needs rain, so it's a good thing that we have some rain cuz you know, in Texas, it's either completely dry or it's uh, super flooded. So luckily right now, it's just a calm thunderstorm. No major flooding. It's very nice. Yes. Uh, so uh, speaking of Texas, uh, this uh, little mini-sode, we are going to be looking back at the chart of Dr. Anson Jones, who was the fourth and final president of the Republic of Texas. Um, there was not a uh, birth time uh, for uh, this uh, young man, uh, born January 20th of 1798. Uh, so we thought we'd uh, go through, do a little bit of experimenting, and uh, see if we can find uh, anything closer to what his actual birth time is. If he was uh, born a little bit before, a little bit after um, noon on that day. Okay. Uh, so, uh, to start us off, uh, we are already looking at the chart, and I thought I would uh, refresh our memory as to what our findings were for this chart as it was placed at noon on January 20th of 1798. Uh, so, uh, the first thing that you said was that uh, he uh, would have to talk. He, he was a, a, a destined communicator. Uh, he was future-thinking. Right. He had a unique mindset. Uh, communications about humanitarian things. 
Uh, if he were following the opposite of his uh, north node, uh, what he was supposed to do, the opposite of that, he would be gregarious, uh, fiery, emotional, someone who would ride into the fray. Um, so uh, this person, uh, Dr. Jones, uh, extremely powerful humanitarian, a dream visionary, a creative humanitarian. Uh, he could be a pillar of fire, a force to be reckoned with, lots of energy. Uh, there is a conflict between an urge to nurture versus an urge to conquer things. Uh, there, uh, he, he would be able to plan for the unexpected. Uh, he would be a very prepared person. Uh, there'd be issues, uh, with people disagreeing with him. Uh, there is a, he could be methodical about dark things, about secrets. Um, he, uh, would, uh, possess an intensity to dwell in darkness. Uh, he could engage in darkness and in secret things. Uh, he could be an alcoholic, but he also could be even keeled. Uh, he uh, would be very humanitarian, but the opposite side of that Aquarius is the, could be very totalitarian, needing control over a situation. Uh, he could be a possible leader of people, a good communicator. Uh, he would be forced to nurture. Uh, not charismatic, uh, standoffish. Uh, he would have a disconnect uh, with humanity, seeing the things that need to be done, but uh, not being able to necessarily communicate very well um, as to why others don't see the same vision that he would have. Uh, he would be uh, cerebral, um, and and if uh, if he were insulted, uh, he's not going to necessarily go out and fight that person physically, or maybe even uh, through his words. But there's going to be some uh, a more cerebral uh, reaction, a uh, toying with the person uh, with his words. A uh, due credit uh, would matter to him. If he uh, accomplished a project um, and did not receive credit for that, uh, that would make him very upset. Um, he would be insecure with emotions, um, and uh, there would be, uh, according to this chart, um, he, he would have very little problems with his self-esteem. Uh, so does that all make sense uh, again for uh, the chart that we're seeing right now? It makes sense for this chart, but I don't think it makes so much sense for him uh, because of what I learned about him as you, you know, relate, related the history of, him, of, of, of his life. So um, what I think we have to do is first have to understand that his son is at zero degrees Aquarius and that will make him a unique person to begin with because he's got part of his you know, zero degrees Aquarius, whenever you're at zero or you have a 29 degrees, those two are very significant. 29 doesn't necessarily have to be the degree of sorrow, but it is absolutely significant. Zero is significant and 29 is significant because it's right exactly on the cusp of the next sign. So this person has sun at zero degrees Aquarius. He has moon at 10 degrees Pisces. He has Mercury at 13 degrees Aquarius. He has Venus at 16 degrees Pisces. He has Mars at 2 degrees Sagittarius. Jupiter at 13 degrees Aries. 
Saturn at six degrees Cancer, uh, Uranus at 17 degrees Virgo, Neptune at 12 degrees Scorpio, Pluto at 29 degrees Aquarius, North Node at 12 degrees Gemini, and Chiron at 21 degrees Libra. So this person has, I'm counting, one, two, three, four, five planets in air signs. Okay. So no matter where these fall in his chart, he's going to be more um, air. You know, his his main element is air. Okay. Uh, Although his 29 degrees Aquarius goes into Pisces. All right. And he has moon in Pisces and he has Venus in Pisces and he has Saturn in Cancer. So he is pretty much all, and he is Neptune and Scorpio. So he is pretty much all air and water, air and water, right? Uh, I think he has one planet in Earth, which is his Uranus in Virgo, which is not a comfortable place to have Uranus because Uranus is very erratic and like lightning and like smoke on water, but only, only you know, like hurricane smoke. And Virgo is very precise and very uh, regimented and and very uh, uh, in tune with the work ethic, you know. So uh, if we can put all of this lightning in a bottle that this person is and figure out what their rising sign is based on some of the personality traits, maybe. Okay. What kind of personality traits as far as like people said Anson Jones was? So, I mean, some of the things that are, are in this chart that we've talked about. Um, so standoffish, mm-hmm. um, uh, not a gregarious person, not someone mm-hmm. who is who was very comfortable around people. Um, mm-hmm. So emotionally uh, reserved. Um, the, the, he went and he had, he struggled with depression and it eventually, uh, would lead to him taking his own life. Um, so there, the, mm-hmm. all those things with darkness and, and secrets, that all makes sense. But there were a right. few things about like having no problem with self-esteem. Um, that's, mm-hmm. I think he did. Um, and then, uh, the, you know, uh, maybe, at an earlier part in his life, the the fieriness uh, may have shown up, but I think by the time he was an adult, fiery is not necessarily what people would use to describe uh, this person. So, okay, okay, let's take a look at what it looks like if I met, if I give him Pisces rising. Okay, okay, let's just see what that looks like. Okay, just for interest' sake, I'm not sure how I have to calculate this, but let's try. Uh, we'll go here and we'll say we'll edit it. We'll try and see what happens if I put in 4 p.m. Maybe I'm going the right direction. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> Let's see. So now we are going to try to see um, mm-hmm. what it would look like, what his chart looks like four hours later. Uh, so yeah, uh, now there's not a... Uh, I think you've said in the past that... Um, uh, mm-hmm. Every two hours is when things get really dramatically different, right? 
Right. I think I have to go the other way. Okay. Well, that's what this is all about. Is we are. So, what was the rising sign uh, with that last one? Did you? Did we see uh, the it? The last one we did was Cancer. Okay. It puts him with Cancer rising, but I want. I really want to try Pisces. So we're going to try so for ten. I think 10, I need to go ten a.m. Yeah, more like. T- let's try ten o'clock. Or six a.m. Or eight a.m. Uh, yeah. Let's see what we can do here. Um, This is the first time we've done this, Chandler, so I, I'm not maybe as prepared as I might be the next time we do this. Let's see. Oh, boo. Okay, let's try this. So let's try, uh, let's see where we go here. Uh, there are all kinds of noises here right now. Thunder and all kinds of stuff. Okay, we're close. We are right on the cusp. So I need to go a little bit earlier. I think what I want to do is go at least an hour earlier. Let's see. So we're going to try for uh, 9 a.m. Yeah, let's That try way we're uh, to see works. if uh, Pisces rising uh, makes mm-hmm. more sense. Yeah, and the reason I've chosen this is because I kind of want to get that Pluto in the first house. Uh, because I know, I know that sounds, I just, I know what he kind of did and I know how he was depressed. So I kind of want to get that in there. Okay. I still need to go a little bit earlier. I just need to go a tiny bit, maybe, maybe 15 minutes or so. Let's so we'll see. try for 8.45 AM. Yeah. Let's try that. It's so fun. <laughs> We are gambling with uh, this chart. It kind of looks like a roulette wheel. I know, right? Okay, let's see. Where is it? It would be easy if I had them in alphabetical order, but I do not. I have them as we... Okay. Okay. All right. So. So with 8.45 a.m., we now have Mm -hmm. Pisces rising, and we have Mm -hmm. Pluto in the first house, which is what Mm -hmm. you were going for. Yeah, this is what I kind of wanted to go for. Now, this is also making, you see how the the Placidus houses, it's really wide now Mm -hmm. on the first and the seventh house. And that puts his Neptune in the eighth house and Neptune and Chiron in the eighth house. It puts Mars in the ninth house. It takes, there's nothing in the 10th or the 11th, but it puts his sun and his Mercury in Aquarius in the 12th house, which would be very karmic. Um, He has a very, in, in with this rising, um, he has a very, it's Pisces, right? So it's going to be, Pisces can be very dark and uh, um, I, I would I would I would mention to you someone that you know who has Pisces rising and then you would understand that kind of sort of mm, personality that's sort of standoffish a little bit at first uh, and this person's initial starts with a D and uh, he is, 
don't just know say, to say the name and, and we'll... Okay, it's Devin. Okay. Does that make so, kind of sense? So, uh, uh... For what we know about Dr. Anson Jones, because Devin has Pisces rising, and he has that, you know, watery darkness. If he if he wants to just be... I mean, you, you know, he has this personality. It's very dark fish, light fish, which Pisces rising would be very dark or light, meaning that they can be um, uh, almost unapproachable, mm-hmm. you know, because they're so far away mm-hmm. in in that. So that's why I thought we'd try that mm-hmm. due to some of the other things. But having moon now, but that puts his moon in the first house, which would have given him possibly a roundness to him was he very thin or was he kind of round people who have moon in the first house or cancer rising can have like a round face or they could be a little bit round uh in their body so i don't think he was a particularly heavy set person but Mm -hmm. when i've seen pictures of him uh i I would like his face like he his nose has a very large Mm -hmm. bulb on it um, and I, I, I would say that his celebrity lookalike would be, um, uh, a WC Fields. Um, <gasps> I knew you were going to say the, that. The, just with bushier eyebrows. Um, I okay. was actually just recently doing some research, uh, about, um, the Prince of Solms, who was a, a German prince get, getting immigrants to come to Texas. And he met with, uh, with Dr. Jones. And, uh, he said that, uh, Dr. Jones has cat eyes and I do not trust him. <laughs> oh, interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So with having this, Pluto in the first house. This can give you that aspect of Pisces, right? Because it's different. Because I have Pluto in the first house, but I have Leo rising. Okay? So it's a whole different animal. This is... uh, This could be a person who can be very quiet. Like, you might not even notice you're in the room with them. Right? They could be a person that uh, moves... In the shadows, and not because they're particularly shy, but because they don't necessarily want to interact with people. You know what I mean? It just depends. And he has, no matter how you look at it, he has Pluto at 29 degrees Aquarius, which is also, you know, four degrees Pisces, right? Because it's on that last degree. And then he has moon at nine degrees Pisces. And he has Mercury at 16 degrees Pisces. So he has Mercury conjunct moon. If he had Mercury conjunct moon in the first house with Pluto there, it could make him very depressed. All right. The dark side of Pisces is is really very depressed. They can be, they can be, um, you know, like just overwhelmed by their own emotions of, sadness you know it it could be it could be just that's why it's dark fish light fish i mean because the pisces can also be the bard they can be the jester they can be the minstrel they can be all of these beautiful light things but if the darkness gets a hold of them uh it's going to be about which is what manic depression is yes is you Mm -hmm. you're not down all the time with, right. with manic depression, you're high, high up, and then you're deep down low. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this uh, this is all uh, making sense. Would you say that um, aloofness is a quality with this? Absolutely. Pisces rising people can be very aloof. But so can Capricorn rising and Aquarius rising. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can have... Uh, I mean, in general, it depends on why, you know? Like, uh, I... I hate to say it, but I mean, Capricorns can be snobby if they want mm-hmm. to. Like, they can kind of look down their nose at you because uh, they are so intellectual and so driven, you know, that that's their, that is an aspect. Not all Capricorn rising people are like that. Some of them, they can be very gregarious. They can be very elegant. They can be very, you know, uh, uh, fantastically, you know, uh, wealthy looking, you know, in this situation, if we give him Pisces rising, and we might not even be able to go much further in this particular episode than just trying this, you know, quick look at what does it look like if he's Pisces rising. But I chose that because I knew how he left this world. And so I was like, well, maybe, I don't know, but um, it is an option. And he also, if you can see right here, he has Jupiter. Um, uh, Jupiter and Aries also would fall inside this really big house because it starts, you know, at uh, whatever uh, here we have here, 28 degrees Pisces, and then moves into Aries as well. So he would have Pluto, uh, Moon, Mercury, and Jupiter, Jupiter being in Aries and uh, Pluto being in Aquarius, but also right there on the cusp of Pisces. So there could be some issues, you know, personality issues or issues that people see, uh, with him. Um, then this puts his North node in Gemini in the third house, which would mean his direction was mm, communications, uh, writing, early education, siblings, um, things like that. But it would put his, uh, South node, right? would be in his ninth house, which if he was going with his south node, uh, if it was in the ninth house, then it could be his philosophies, uh, higher education, travel, um, uh, dogma, religion, these things. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I don't know if that makes sense or if if the North Node makes sense in this situation. He wouldn't have anything in his second house, but he would have Aries on his second house cusp, which would make him want nice things, like really nice, um, beautiful things, right? Because Aries is a fire sign, but it's not the same as when you have like Because Leo can go both ways. If you're dealing with a Leo fire sign, they can go both ways in that it could be really elegant or it could be really overdone, (laughs) like like too much gold, too much white, too much. So that's a possibility, but it is in the second house. Uh, Fourth house, he would have Gemini on his fourth house, which would make him kind of mercurial, Mm -hmm. not necessarily much for settling down. Uh, Gemini's like to wander, not as much as Sagittarius, but they do like it a lot. That's why they get along really well with Sagittarius. 
It would put Saturn in Cancer in his fifth house, which is the house of um, children and uh, entertaining and leadership. He would have lessons with leadership, okay? Emotional lessons with leadership. Uh, then sixth house would be Leo. So somehow his work would be involving Leo things or children or leadership. Um, when you say children, no... could that mean mm -hmm. education? Or are those two separate uh, ideas? Well, education is more third house because it's more early education and the ninth house is higher education. But children are educated. So, I mean, it could be. And the only reason I'm saying this is because sixth house is the house of work right? It's ruled by Virgo. So sixth house is your work and your work ethic and your, uh, how you approach work, but he is Leo there. Mm -hmm. So it would be kind of, uh, maybe like I have an attitude with it, you know, or, um, uh, he could, I mean, it could make you a, a, de a decent leader in your work but it could also make you kind of flamboyant about your work, mm. you know, like you don't have, uh, like you feel like you don't have to, you know, kind of, it's just so kind of not a, necessarily a, flamboyant, but flippant could be flippant. It just depends. Like that Leo can go both ways. It can be a good solid leader or it can be like, are you serious right now? This is what you want me to do. Have you, I, Which goes back to that. the snobbishness and the elitism. Yeah, that that he's yeah, he, but that's he, that, that that would be too good. He's too good to do that sort of work. It could be that would be a dark side of that. Yeah. Then he has Uranus on the seventh house in Virgo. Uranus in Virgo is that's not a good place to have Uranus in Virgo. It's probably the worst of all of them because Virgo is so organized and work ethic you know what i mean so that's really rough and it would also make him have erratic partners whether they were romantic partners or business partners or whatever these people could be very um fly by night or they could be the other the good side of that would be that they would be very technological and you know, because Uranus is ruled by, I mean, Air, I mean, ugh, Uranus rules Aquarius, right? So here we have this, this zippy, you know, planet, Uranus, and then, but it's in Virgo, which is trying to control it, you know, and, and, and hold it down, which is also frustrating. And then we have Uranus opposing, right? All of this stuff in the first house, you know? It's opposing the Venus by degree, right? So that could that can also lead to eh, situations with love. And uh, then we go to eighth house. Eighth house has Libra on the cusp, but it switches to Scorpio, and he has Neptune in Scorpio, which is going to not. I mean, I have Neptune in Scorpio, and I have uh, a a great interest in things that are supernatural, um, you know, but it can make people depressed. It can make them um, dark, 
you know, it can, it, 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 if, if it's, if everything's going bad, you know, everything's just going to steamroll in that direction. But this Chiron in the eighth house, if these things are in the eighth house, that's also death and rebirth. That's, uh, you know, cause, cause eighth house is ruled by Pluto. It's, uh, um, inheritance. It's, uh, um, you know, uh, legacy and 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 also your sexuality. Eighth house is also all about how you approach sexuality. It's about taboo things, you know. And he would have Chiron in Libra and Neptune in Scorpio in the eighth house, which would that could be difficult. I mean, because the the Chiron in the eighth house could give him some uh, maybe even mental or emotional uh, difficulties that he should be overcoming so that he can help heal right but if it pulls him down and then it could be too it could be rough mars in sagittarius in the ninth house mars in sagittarius in the ninth house uh, ninth house is ruled by Sagittarius. Okay. So having Mars at two degrees Sagittarius in the ninth house would make him, uh, passionate about ninth house things, but double so because ninth house is ruled by Sagittarius and he has Mars in Sagittarius, right? So it's going to, it would make him even more passionate about ninth house things, which would be Travel, philosophy, dogma, religion, um, education, uh, all of those kind of things. And then he doesn't have anything in the 10th house, but he does have Sagittarius on the 10th house. And then he has Capricorn on the 11th house, which would make him seem kind of businessy to the public but then having sun conjunct mercury in the 12th house in aquarius that's very karmic humanitarian stuff um i don't know what do you think about this i think there are a lot of things that are that are um uh, make sense for for who he was i, I you know mm-hmm. you mentioned a couple times travel this was a man mm-hmm. who traveled he was born in um massachusetts he would mm-hmm. go up and down the east coast he went to caracas venezuela went to new oh. orleans uh mm-hmm. lived in texas then he didn't just stay in texas he would leave um his home barrington uh, plantation uh leave the mm-hmm. wife in charge of all of the children he'd have eight children at the house four of his mm-hmm. and four that were adopted um, mm-hmm. uh, leave her in charge of all of the, uh, uh, workings of the plantation, um, mm-hmm. of, uh, managing the enslaved people and the crops being made there while he went mm-hmm. up to, uh, New York and Massachusetts. And, uh, uh, he was, uh, he met, um, 
uh, uh, the the circus P.T. Barnum. Uh, he met P.T. Mm-hmm. Barnum and was mm-hmm. and chatted with him and was welcomed as this you know president of of this foreign nation. So he was always traveling and always had his mind on moving around. So and this was a time when most people didn't leave ten miles outside of the town that they were born in. Uh, so right. uh, uh, he definitely was a traveler. Well, that would make sense because Sagittarians like to travel anyway. You know. They are known for being travelers and loving to travel everywhere. And if his Mars is in Sagittarius in the ninth house, the house of travel ruled by Sagittarius, that makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm not sure what degree we have it at, but I mean, it has to be within uh, a certain amount of degrees before it gets to here. Okay. Because here you're looking, you, you see what I'm pointing to? This is where it changes from Scorpio to Sag. And then his Mars is right here in the in the middle, right, mm-hmm. of the ninth house. So that does make sense. And having uh, children, uh, the children that were his and the children that he adopted uh, in the fifth house, you know, his children. This is lessons with fifth house things in Cancer, right, which is to nurture. And that's lessons with nurturing children, Okay, so that makes sense. But I told you, like, 12th house, um, there's a no, because this fits the 12th house. No, that's what I was looking at. Okay, his north node is at 12 degrees in Gemini, but it's in the third house. But his fourth house cusp is Gemini, all right, which means that goes along with, I mean, I know he had Fanthorpe and that uh, Fanthorpe was solid. I'm sorry. He had Barrington. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So he's he's got Barrington. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, but I mean, having Gemini on the fourth house cusp makes it very airy. Like he doesn't necessarily want to be there all the time. Right. Right. And that that definitely showed up in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. remember uh, looking at the chart when we had him at, at noon. One of the things that you mm-hmm. said was that uh, he would be a military commander and someone who mm-hmm. uh, would mm-hmm. uh, uh, ride into the fray, um, which mm-hmm. was not necessarily something that added up in his life. Uh, would Do mm-hmm. you think that that would still apply to this chart or would it be very different? No, no, it wouldn't. Because, see, he has Mars and Sagittarius. So Mars and Sagittarius, depending on where it was in the other chart, which I don't remember right now, I want to say I want to say it was almost like in the sixth house or something. But uh, in this situation, it would make him want to travel. This would be like like a passion for it. Like you have to do it. Which is also interesting because during the Texas Revolution, when all of the uh, uh, both politics and war were going on, he was traveling. He was going all mm-hmm. up and down Texas at the time. Um, mm-hmm. He was not a delegate to a convention. He was not. Um, he, he would later on go to serve in the military, but um, during the mm-hmm. early parts, he was traveling. He was going from mm-hmm. Brazoria to San Felipe to Washington and all over um, Texas. So uh, that mm-hmm. he was definitely a traveling man. Mm-hmm. Well, this to me makes more sense by what the history of, you know, Dr. Jones than when we had it at Taurus Rising, because this is a more, you know, uh, this makes more sense, I think. 
Uh, uh, one of the things that made sense with the last, with, with the chart at noon was that he would be mm-hmm. forced to nurture, um, that he uh, would want to go one direction, but was forced to nurture. And that did play out in his life. He want, he wanted to be a communicator, a printer, mm-hmm. um, but was mm-hmm. then forced to be a doctor. Um, does this mm-hmm. chart still have something similar to that? Yes, because no matter how you look at it, he has Saturn in cancer Mm -hmm. and that is lessons with nurturing because cancers are nurturers you know and so that does make sense the only other thing that would that would happen to make it even more so would be if we pushed this to here and made that his his work Mm. so in this situation no matter how you look at it, he has lessons with nurturing. But right now, with, he has to uh, do it. Saturn makes you do it. But with this chart, we have Leo in the sixth house, and mm-hmm. literally, Leo is leadership, and that he would be more mm-hmm. well known as a leader, as a politician, uh, than oh, he would okay. be as a doctor. The doctor oh, well, was just something sense. that he didn't even really want to do, but was forced to mm-hmm. over many years, and that's what made him enough money. But he really wanted, uh, and and uh, you know, and I think this chart really bears that out too. Is that there? There mm-hmm. he wants power. He wants to be mm-hmm. liked, but wasn't very good at doing the the the, the gregarious part of mm-hmm. being liked. Uh, so was mm-hmm. standoffish, but wanted um, that power, and 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 mm-hmm. he wanted to be popular. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that this chart still bears that out. Yeah, I think so. And I think that when you're dealing with a personality type like that, that you just keep in mind, Pisces can be super light and they can be super dark, not dark, like occult dark, like Scorpio, right? Or even Capricorn can be occult dark, but more like dark, like pain, you know, like emotional pain. Mm. Mm. Like that. Uh, the uh, the chart last time when we had it at noon, there was an element that pulled him towards um, dwelling on dark things, um, but also mm-hmm. secret things. And mm-hmm. uh, that's the, so that's still, he still there. Has that. Yeah, because he has Neptune and Scorpio. Okay, because I, I so felt that that, that was very um, uh, illustrative of his uh, tie to masonry. Uh, which is a, mm-hmm. a, a an association which has secrets, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he is known as the father of Freemasonry in Texas. Uh, wow. So that being uh, such an important part of his life, um, uh, it's good to see that that is still a part of this chart here. Right, and even more so because it's in the eighth house now, which is secret things. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's already secret to have Neptune in Scorpio, but putting it in the eighth house makes it super secret, mm. like almost taboo. Uh, well, um, is there? A, a, I I don't think there's really even a, a whole lot of need to uh, play around with other times. But I mean, do you think so? Do you or do you feel pretty good about where we are now? I feel pretty good about where we are. I see that here he has the sun at zero degrees Aquarius and he has Mercury at 14 degrees Aquarius and that's in the 12th house. 
So 12th house is karma. And if he really wanted to be a communicator, you know, then, and, and, um, and, and working in a new technology, right. Which was printing press, correct. I, I, I'm, it was like more of a new technology. This particular the, the availability, not, not like the ancient printing press. You know the the I mean? availability of it was new. Uh, the, I, mm-hmm. I, the the printing press by the time he was born had been around for about two hundred mm-hmm. years. Right, but um, right. yeah, that 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 it's available. But this aspect and of it. and novel, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's what he wanted mm-hmm. to do. But mm-hmm. really, he he wrote books or at least one mm-hmm. book. Um, mm-hmm. but outside of that, he um never really accomplished that goal of being a printer. Yeah, because this is karma with the father and karma with with uh, communication. Which is because his father is the one who got him to be a medical doctor instead of a printer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that 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 bears out there. That that would be yeah. the karma. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this I think this makes sense. I think you know, putting Dr. Anson Jones at a place where he has Pisces rising is you know, really, really, and really good. At... I mean, technically, in this particular, in this particular uh, chart, I've given him Aquarius rising at 28 degrees so that I could get that Pluto in mm-hmm. there because I think that Pluto is significant in the first mm-hmm. house. But, I mean, he's got all this Pisces and he's 28 degrees Aquarius can easily go Pisces. It also gives you um, kind of a Odd, it can be odd when you have Aquarius rising. You can be considered different, unique, unusual. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So putting this at 28 degrees Aquarius gives him that unique, unusual, but it also gives you all that Pisces in the first house, which I think makes sense to me. And uh, with it being 845, that Pluto mm-hmm. is at 29 degrees which is mm-hmm. the degree of sorrow. So yes. the degree of sorrow in relation to power, in relation to death mm-hmm. and rebirth, um, yes. I think that that also bared out in his life. Yes, I think so too. I do. Yep. Uh, so I true. think, um, you know, uh, while, while uh, I wouldn't go in and edit history books uh, to say so, right. I think that mm-hmm. eight eight forty five a.m. on January twentieth, seventeen ninety eight, um, at Seekonk, uh, Massachusetts, is uh, very likely um, the time that Doctor Anson Jones was born. Could be. It's very likely. At least, uh, maybe a little bit more likely than noon definitely more likely than noon for sure (laughs) yes uh well is there anything else that you'd like to say about uh, our little experiment here and uh what this new chart shows us well i like this one this is very fun chandler i i i wouldn't mind doing this again okay uh well uh that just about uh, wraps up this little uh, mini sode of history and retrograde uh, we will be uh, giving you uh our season uh, 2 will be coming out uh the first episode will be July 1st of uh, 2022 um so there's uh, at least one more mini sode before then uh but uh thank you all so much uh for listening especially to these little uh, breaks uh, in our hiatus here 
Um, as always, please uh, reach out, talk to us. We are available on uh, email. Uh, all those links are uh, in the uh, episode description. Uh, Mom, is there uh, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I just want to say thank you all so much. And we are, you know, kind of um, on a little bit of a hiatus, but we're still thinking about every one of you. And we do love it that you're still listening to our little mini episodes and that uh, we can feel the love and it's wonderful. And we hope you're having a wonderful, fabulous summer. Yes. Uh, So uh, thank you uh, so much for listening. As always, in conclusion, as long as your houses are in order and the stars are aligned, everything will be just fine. Everything is going to be just fine. You all have a good time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.